This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. Hit me, producer. Hit me with my... As we're getting ready to go, this is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Now I can hear it all. This is one of my favorite songs. Let's let's let it play just a minute there, producer. It's called Color My World by, of course, a super group called Chicago. And what's an interesting story about it, a backstory is, of course, it was written by one of the bandmates and nobody liked the song. Nobody wanted to sing the song. And it was never really released. It was released on the B side of a couple of songs. And then it became this extraordinary hit that played at every dance, prom, everything imaginable. And what's very interesting about it is to me, it's something larger. Because he has these words, as time goes by, I realize, here it comes, just what you mean to me. And now that you're near, promise your love that I wanted to share and dreams of our moments together, color my hopes, color my world with hope of loving you. To me, it sounds like someone, and I'm, you know, becoming of that age where you're starting to reach a different plateau of life. And you start recognizing that at some point you're going to meet your Lord. And that's what it kind of means to me. Color my world about hopes of seeing you and being with you. And so it's just a beautiful song. And we're going to hear it in its entirety at the end. So, Mr. Producer, you can go ahead and cut the music for now. And ladies and gentlemen, you are with me. Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert here on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus, of course, every Monday from 11 to 1145 on 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. Of course, as you know the rules, this is your station. You can call me, say anything you want. 832-570-8075. And I have a guest of ours. Her name is Elisa Noriega. Elisa, say hi. My hi, studio audience is saying hi and welcoming you. you. Thank you so much. So let me ask you this. So I think Elisa is very interesting. And she's interesting because, first of all, how many of you know that there is now a women's football league? I mean, how did you ever find out there's a women's football league? A woman's tackle football league. Yeah, how, I mean, there you. thank you for that um, uh, clarification. How did you find out about it? So I went to school at TSU. I graduated from TSU with a bachelor's, a master's, and two masters. And along the way, I met some friends there. Some of my friends played on this woman's team, and I saw it on Facebook. And so I reached out, and I said, hey, I, I want to play. And they were like, come to the tryout. You know, come on. And I thought about it, and I went and I ended up making the team. Oh, my goodness. So you didn't, like, master in football you mastered in like real masters of things at TSU but so then you then signed up on the team and the league is like how many years old the league is four years old four years old and it's tackle football like the same you wear the pads a helmet everything just like the NFL right I'm not sure exactly how old the, te the team is but hopefully we'll have a coach call in and answer those questions so this is my first year I've just been playing a few months no worries no worries and so the team is called what Houston, the Houston Heat the Houston Heat so everybody give it up for Houston Heat because that's going to be our new team in town <laughs> and so and y'all play what cities 
Oh, so we played Mississippi, Alabama, Dallas, uh, team in Louisiana. We played them on our scrimmage last weekend. So. How did y'all do? We did. It was uh, a tie. Okay, it was, it was like a tie. A, okay, a good. Tie, right? good. We're working good. out the kinks. I understand. So let me ask, how many women are on the team? 62. 62? That's a big team. Right. That might be bigger than an NFL team, right? What is an NFL team? I think it's like 50-something. Uh, 62. And uh, do you have the same 11 on 11? 11 on 11, yes. Wow. And so what position do you play? I play defensive back, so cornerback and safety. Oh, my goodness. That means you're tackling. <laughs> that means, uh, yes, so I'm on the other side. Are you, are you, are you like, hitting these women pretty hard? <laughs> I'm learning how to tackle in a way where um, it's safe for everybody, but I have to hit pretty hard. Okay, you know, to, to, to hit, because in the NFL, you cannot do hit with your head anymore. Right. So you hit with your shoulder. Right, so you want to go low. Or your shoulder. You hit it with your shoulder. shoulder. You don't hit with the head. Correct. Because that's how you can get, of course, a concussion. Right. Are they teaching you all those mechanics? They're teaching us fundamentals. And that's the main thing. It's, it's, it's about fundamentals. When you see college basketball or you see women's basketball or things like that, you learn fundamentals from a very young age. You learn from the very beginning. And people want to see those fundamentals no matter what. So say a guy's watching TV after football or watching uh, basketball season. Whatever's on, they're going to watch next, right? So it's right. really <laughs> neat to see. So we need more people to tune into those things. It's when, we don't have a lot of women supporting us but we have a lot of men supporting us so we want everyone to support us everyone needs to support you know like anything else if you look there's always been this unfair disparity between men's sports and women's sports right where men get paid a bunch of money and women don't and that's always been the case now that's starting to change just a little bit and you know who really started it was in tennis when Billie Jean King said you know what we need to get paid as much as the men and they said no and she said you know what all of us women we're gonna start our own league and they got Virginia Slims to uh, sponsor them and that was the beginning of really incredible women's rights movement uh, especially in sports and then more recently soccer with the, uh, the women's uh, Olympic team, where they started fighting for equal sort of resources and things. So I think that's wonderful. So tell me this, where's this gonna go? I mean, do you foresee this? I mean, like, where are you gonna play? Do you know yet? Yes, we're gonna play at Crenshaw Stadium. And where's that? Um, it's uh, in Houston. It's in Houston. Well, we'll find out where it is uh, for all of our listeners. At the end of the day, are you ready for your first game? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. What, do you, like, do you do a, do you do a, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you do to be ready? I mean, do you I mean when you get in there in the huddle and everybody? I mean, and is there a coach like revving you up? Oh, we have the best coaches. We have we have three great coaches and we have two uh, two other coaches. So we have about five coaches in total, and they're so committed and so dedicated. We practice Tuesday, Wednesdays. Saturdays and Sundays and they're at every practice they have their own families their own jobs they go home they leave their family they come to our practice How they wonderful. Spend time. oh they're, they're they're amazing well let me ask you this and some of the women on the team are they athletes they're, I mean are they like former I don't know high school um, track athletes or college um, you know lacrosse players I mean what's what's the profile of somebody most of the players have an athletic background but you don't have to have an athletic background to play because they, they teach you everything I didn't know how to play football I didn't know the rules I didn't know what a cornerback was um, but they're teaching me and then they take time to teach you everything that you need to know we have to be aggressive yeah that's, well that's I can already tell that about you but let me ask you this so did you play any sports in your life? In your, you must have, because yeah. you don't just say one day, hmm, do I want to watch TV or do I want to go practice, you know, tackle football? You don't say that, right? I mean, what? so what made you decide? What, what, 
You just said one day I'm going to play, but did you have any sports background? I played basketball in college. I played volleyball, basketball, track, and played softball in school. But I got a scholarship and played uh, basketball in college. So At TSU? Um, no, at a school in Mississippi called William Carey College. Oh, how wonderful. Well, first of all, you know, I can't help but to ask listeners, if you have an opinion about this, uh, I want to hear about the slap heard around the world. I mean, I, I don't know. That slap, I'm still hearing it. My, my wife was just so, like, she was just mesmerized by the TV, and she, like, wanted to stop everything to see Will Smith slap Chris Rock. And, you know, I want to ask you, did you see that? I did. I rewinded it. I didn't know if it was real or fake. Okay, was it real or fake? I want to know your vote. I think it was real. I think it was real. Uh, listeners, if you think it's real or fake, call in because I want to know. I think it's real. We have a caller right now. So there's a Richard Molina. Richard, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? Richard, how are you? Thank you for calling. Of course, we all know Richard Molina and the and the family because he's been on the show from the Joe Campos Torres and all of that. Richard, it's great to hear your voice, my friend. How are you doing? You as well, Gubert. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Tell us about the event yeah. this uh, this weekend coming up for all our listeners. Great. Again, as a reminder, Joe Campos Torres was the uh, extraordinarily terrible event that happened back in 1977, where a young veteran uh, went into his uh, local um, uh, watering hole and, frankly, between there and very short order, was killed by four members of the Houston Police Department and thrown there in the bayou. And of course, there's lots of litigation, lots of riots and lots of upheaval. And hopefully we're coming to some type of closure here as we had the mayor, Mayor Turner and Chief Fenner apologize to the family. That'll never replace what happened to the family in 1977. But Richard, tell us about it and how are you feeling about it? Right, right. Yes, yeah, so as you put it, it was a um, kind of a um, a dark moment in Houston history in 1977 that kind of uh, was never uh, settled or rectified in any kind of way. And uh, here we are, 44 years later, um, pushing for these uh, stories and these lessons in um, in Houston history to kind of. Uh, become a, a a topic of conversation and, and we've been doing things and events and with the help of of community advocates and, and different people uh different elected officials and stuff we've come to um um renaming and, and dedicating the area over where my uncle was thrown into the bayou in downtown off of austin and commerce street uh renaming that into the joe campos Torres plaza and uh kind of use that area as a, a beginning point to kind of further look into these kinds of topics and and talk about these uh, moments in history and to remember these lessons and um yeah we're 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 you know the family is really um uh you know looking forward to it, it it's kind of a still very very bitter um topic it's still very bitter um topic especially with my grandmother and stuff uh but you know like you said this is a, a positive direction that we're heading into not just for the family but for the city of houston as a whole and we want to invite all your listeners out next saturday uh april 2nd uh from one to three it's going to be a great event we're going to have uh, some speakers elected officials historians uh speaking as well as the performance from uh little joey la familia going to be joining us as well so it's going to be a great um 
great event. Let me ask you know, Richard, it's interesting because just hearing you, you are such a gentleman. And you must have a strong spiritual element to you because I just feel like if it had happened in my family lineage, I probably would be an immature and I'd be calling people names. I'd be screaming and hollering, that's so-and-so and this and that. But there right. you are. I mean, you're just so gentlemanly. And, uh, and I just congratulate you as a human being. And ignoring all this hubbub today, and it always, I, I don't understand when people say critical race theory. I don't know what that means, because all I know is it's important to know the truth and to learn the lessons of history, because that's the only way we're going to prevent uh, terrible things from happening again. And so it seems to me we should uh, talk about Joe Compostotus in that event so we learn from it. Right, right. No, you know, we, and, and I grew up firsthand seeing the uh, the trauma and the effects of something like this that it can create on, on a family and, and, and things that uh, get passed down generationally, you know, and, and, and we, grew, we grew up with a lot of resentment and stuff towards uh, police and uh, elected officials and stuff like that. But as you get older, it, it's a, you make a choice of, of, carrying this anger and, and stuff in, in a negative fashion or turning this anger and, and stuff into something positive, which is what I feel like we've been going in the last few years, maybe in the last decade or so. We've been really trying to think of how we turn this um, tragedy and, and, and stuff into something that's positive. And, you know, here we are a few years later. And, you know, it's a historical thing because it really changed case law in this country about uh, someone having um, uh, a criminal suit against them and then having an additional suit because to get around the double jeopardy because originally the officers got off with just a one dollar fine and probation just an extraordinary right. time in history and so as a reminder it's saturday right there at commerce and uh buffalo bayou uh, in Austin from one to three, there'll be entertainment. There'll be lots of people. There's free parking there at the county facilities right across the street. And so please come down and join the family. And I know that uh, uh, your mom will be there, which was Joe Campos's uh, sister. And I think your grandmother right. will be there. So I think it's going to be quite uh, an emotional moment. Richard, I'm going to give you the last yep. word. Yep. Anything else you want to say, my friend? Uh, no, I, we just uh, we just really appreciate you know like you said this is a a, a great moment in our history and we really um, couldn't have got there without the help of uh, of multiple community advocates that helped us out along the way such as yourself Gilbert thank you so much um, different organizations uh, the folks over at LULAC have been a tremendous help uh, over the years decades even uh, Mr Johnny Mata has been a phenomenal person to have with us. Um, but yeah, we, we look forward to next Saturday, downtown Houston, um, Commerce and Austin Street, one to three. Uh, we'll be there for the land dedication and we hope to see everyone out there. Richard, that's wonderful. So we'll see you there and thank you for calling in, my friend. So again, that was Richard Molina, the, the nephew of Joe Campos Torres, and we're going to have a big celebration Saturday. Thank you, Richard. We're, let's come back to Elisa because uh, I want to come back to something. So you were a police officer. And you were a firefighter. You were a fire chief. Excuse me for that, chief. I'm going to call you chief from now. Can I call you chief? I'm going to call you chief. So, chief. So, what was the difference between being a, as a woman, being a police officer and a fire chief? Just first of all, what's the difference as a woman in those two? Any difference? You know, when I was a police officer, I was very young, and uh, there was a lot of things happening 
um, in the county that I worked in that I didn't agree with. Um, but I, I didn't have the, uh, the courage sometimes to, to stand up for myself because I was so young. But now at this age, as an assistant chief, I have a chance to, to lead that change. I have a chance to set the example. I have to, a chance to be a servant leader and to, and to show what I'm doing by example and, and to help everybody and to say, you know what, this, this isn't right. This isn't how it's going to go. So my experiences along the way have shaped me into being a leader and a, leader, a leadership of change. Very interesting. So you were a chief in the fire department uh, for w what department? Well, it was in Montgomery County. In Montgomery County. Montgomery County, right. So it, I was the only minority. I was the only, I was the first female hired since 1950. You were the first female hired? Since 1952. Female fire chiefs. Wow. Yes. So no female in leadership, no minorities in, in leadership in Montgomery County. Out of 12 cities that make up Montgomery County, there's no females uh, as assistant chief or chiefs and no minorities that are assistant chiefs. How can that be? That, that just doesn't seem logical. The numbers, I know you can't say or you want to say or maybe you're going to say, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't seem possible that in today's day and age, and, you know, you know, if you look at my firm, 75% are women, including partners. And you know why? Because they're smarter and they just work harder uh, and they're just better. They make better decisions somehow. So at the end of the day, how interesting. You were the first female uh, chief there in Montgomery County in the fire department. Since 1952 when they Since started. 1952. That's when they established the firefighter. Are you, fire is it still in the same place? Still in the same place. My goodness. Well, somebody needs to wake some people up around there. Now we have lots of callers here. Let's get Jolanda Jones real quick. Is that, Jolanda, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I was listening to that. And I, I Jolanda, what is, what is going on over there in Montgomery County? I practice law in Montgomery County. I, what I see there is not a lot of diversity in the courtroom for the for the most part the law enforcement people the judge and prosecutors are for the most part white and most of the defendants are not i'll just leave it at that so i'm not surprised to hear what she said so to you joe you're like well of course that's because that's the way it is there um so my cousin lives <laughs> My cousin lived in Montgomery County, super successful business person, uh, was living in the woodlands. And he'd always get stopped in his neighborhood. And he was extremely frustrated because he's a successful businessman and paid a lot of taxes in Montgomery County and had a big house in Montgomery County. But they always stopped him. So he actually lives in the Philippines now, believe that or not, because he couldn't escape racism there. And is he black? Yeah, he's black. So in other words, they just stopped him because they said, here comes a black guy in a car. Let's stop him. Even though he's super successful. Isn't that amazing? I have those things happen to me, Joe. But that's amazing. But, Joe, I know what's very, very important uh, is tell us again so everybody knows your race, and you're not the only one, has two elections. And go through the whole deal again. When is, first of all, the election day for everybody, and when is your sort of special election? Okay, so the runoff date for everybody, so everybody who didn't win with 50%, but they, they were in the top two, I actually won. I had 42%, but, uh, and so I'm in a runoff. That uniform election date is May 24th. So that's the election date to complete, I guess, the results of the Democratic uh, primary And when, when, is, when is early vote? So early vote, you know what? I don't even remember when early vote is for the runoff because I actually have another election. Tell us that one. Tell us, tell us about that one. So I am in a special election because in addition to 
Chairman Garnet Coleman choosing not to run for re-election, which is what the May 1st primary, the March 1st primary was. He then later in mid-February announced that he was retiring effective February 28th of this year. So House District 147 does not currently have a state rep. And so there's a special election to fill that vacancy until the end of the term, which will be December 31st of this year. That election is May 7th. So I'm focusing on that election and early vote for that starts April 25th. My goodness. All that means what I heard there is everybody, we got to help Jelana Jones. That's what I heard because she's got one, two elections and she's got all these early elections and she's, you know, trying to raise money, get her name around. That's what I heard. Let's just help Jelana Jones so she can be a fighter and carry on that great tradition of Garnett Coleman. I'm going to give you the last word uh, right now. There. So what I'm going to say really quickly is you've got to do the Jolanda two-step. You've got to vote for me twice. The two-step. But Jolanda, we... Jolanda two-step. Our, our, our guest was... Our, and you've got to vote for me on May 24th. And finally, today is the first fundraising deadline for the runoff election. And I have to raise money by 12 midnight tonight for it to go on my report. So I'm asking anyone who can afford to, to please go to jolandajones.com it's not Yolanda. It's a made-up black name, Jolanda, J-O-L-A-N-D-A, Jones, J-O-L-A-N-D-A, Jones.com. And please donate. No amount is too small. And, Gilbert, I'm going to call you after the call show. Call me. I got because- to hit the site. I'm going to hit you. But hold on. My what? guest wants to say something to you. Go ahead, Elisa. Uh, uh, Mrs. Hey, Jones, I want to say something. One time I was in the courthouse at Harris County, and I saw you, and you're with a client about to walk into the courtroom, and you were tying this young man's tie on him and making sure that he had a tie on his tie was right i'll never i'll never forget you doing that so i knew well, th- i knew right then and then you cared about people you cared about your clients you care about our community amen amen what a great story because they judge it like they judge us right and so i need to try to help my clients be the most presentable because even though some people can't afford really nice stuff people judge us so even if you're poor you can be nice and neat. There you go. Well, Joe, we're going to talk to you soon. Thank you again for being on the show. We'll Thank come back. You. We have many other Thank callers. You, you're very welcome. Let's get our next caller. We have another caller. Show me that uh, the name there. Boy, you're popular today, Lisa. And we just got started. Uh, show me what, who do we got there, my producer? While she's doing, I want to give a big shout out to Body of Dogs. They had a great event this past weekend. Um, man, that Zenteno family, they're just everywhere and they just do everything for Houston. And so, Gloria, we thank you. We have a Maria. Maria, are you there? Uh, yes, hi. Um, I have a question for Miss Noriega. Go ahead. Hit her. Yes, hi. Um, so, I just wanted to ask you, um, have you ever received any pushback from your family um, about, you know, just being a police officer, a firefighter, um, playing football, you know, from these, you know, gender norms, you know, that's not like, you know, a typical woman, you know, would do all these men, you know, roles. Right. That's a good question. I remember when I was younger in high school, my mom um, worked at the, at the school. She was a secretary and she had all these friends and different teachers from different places. And I went into the school one day and the lady and one of her friends says, one of the teachers, she said, I think you'd make a great flight attendant. And then I said, I think I'd make a great pilot. Uh, good for you. That's what we want to hear. 
So, uh, you know, I've always done things and pushed the limits to do. I don't think you should be placed in a box, and I don't think you should be told what to do. I think you should do what you want to do. You can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Amen. What a great with role God. model you are. With God. With God, and you know what? And with grit and determination. Thank you very much, Maria, for that call. I know we have a lot of other callers. Let's send that next one through. You got a question for or a comment for a tip from Gilbert? Of course, that's me. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. A tip from Gilbert. Who do we got now? Now, this is Melinda. Talk to us, Melinda. How are you? I'm fine. I was calling because um, I spoke with you Saturday before last. Yes. About uh, my daughter and son-in-law starting a new church in Humble. Tell us about their church. Okay. The church is, uh, the name of the church is Faith International Tabernacle. And uh, the uh, Fit. Fit is the abbreviations that they use because they want to start getting, you know, getting the community in fit, physical fit, mentally and physical. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about them, real quick, a little bit. I mean, how long have they been okay. uh, sort of uh, the mouthpiece of the Lord there? Okay, they they have been in ministry since 15 years old. They both graduated. They both got the uh, bachelor's. And then, and she have a master's in teaching, and they both became pastors. How so beautiful! They had, they, yes, yes, they've been ordained to be pastors. And how so did they start a new church out in uh in Umba on First Street, thirteen fifteen First Street, Suite Eight, and they've been there since right before Christmas. Let me ask you this: How did this happen? I mean. Maybe I, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, do you just get a message from the Lord that says, "I want you to spread the word," or do you just all of a sudden you just get closer to God, closer to God, and and you just get that fever and you just want to do it? I mean, how does that work? Do they just get a well, call one day? Yes. Yes. No. You have a calling on your life, and it's gonna keep. It's gonna keep nudging at you. And no matter how wrong you do, uh, go and, you know, engage with Satan, because, you know, a lot of us do that. You know, like they say, you can't have a, a party with Satan on on uh, Saturday night and then try to engage with the Lord. We got to choose who we're going to serve. Understood. So when we, get, when we decide to follow the Lord and and do his, his will, because my daughter, which is Clarissa, Clarissa Given, since before birth, I felt like, She's a, was already anointed. She's already anointed. Yes. That is so beautiful. Well, yeah, Melinda, it's a long story, and I'm not gonna go into the story about how I felt that when she was born. It's a testimony about her being born. I didn't know that she was born with all that wonderful for that you don't get enough teens sort of close to the lord and, and even close to their own selves i think that's wonderful I, do me a favor would you please ask them to call in next week i want them to say a prayer for houston next week 
Or okay. actually, not next week, the, the, the next week. Because I think next week uh, I'm traveling. I'm going to have to do a rebroadcast the following week. The Easter week. Let's do Easter week. That Monday? What day of the week? Monday. It's uh, We're here okay. every Monday, 11 to 11.45, Melinda. Okay, I, I thank, sure will. I thank you for being on the on the show, and we want them to call in and say a prayer to Houston. I sure will. Thank you so much, and have a great day. You too. Amen to you. What a wonderful, what a wonderful guest, and and how wonderful to have you know your your family have a calling and to fulfill that calling. Do we have another caller already? Okay, great. They hopped off. Samantha, if you come back, we're ready for you. So let's go back to something else. So the question was kind of like how you got in, et cetera. You did a lot of sports um, and you played a lot of things. Talk to us about what's got what's going on with your family right now and your mom. So my mom was diagnosed with cancer last week. She has Hodgkin's lymphoma. And what is that, Hodgkin's lymphoma? For general people like me that don't know anything. It's cancer in your lymph nodes. It's your lymphatic in your lymphatic system. What is, I hate to say this, I know you're not a doctor, but what does a lymphatic system do? Uh, it filters out all of your uh, uh, bad, bad stuff. stuff. Yeah. And so is that like, like under your armpits? Under your armpits and in, in your throat. Wow. Important places. And how did she discover it? She started losing weight. She didn't feel well. She didn't know what was wrong. She had a temperature. She had night sweats. She had different symptoms. And so, um, but she, we thought she had non-Hodgkin's, but she has Hodgkin's, which is the better of the two. If you can have if a better such of a the thing? two, if you can have a better of the two, so she's going to go through nine, eight or nine uh, sessions of of chemo, and um, you know she's going to be okay because I believe she's going to be okay. God's going to make her okay. That's so wonderful. Stay with me here, Maria. Do you have a call? Uh, something here for um, my guest, Elisa, or for me? Is there a Maria on the line? Yeah, this is me, Maria. How you doing, Gilbert? Maria, I'm doing just great. Thank you for calling in at a tip from Gilbert. Do you have something for me or Lisa? Oh, most definitely is to say thank you so much because you guys already made the way for the new generations for us to continue, you know, our legacy, continue building a strong communities. And thank God, you know, we are the uh, biggest minority, you know, in, in, in America. So uh, sometimes when my kids <laughs> ask me, so are you going to another event? But I mean, it's just volunteer thing. That's what you do. And I said, you know what? I am doing this because of you, because of, you know, my grandson, Garrett and Anthony, because this is what I have to do. I have to continue. You know, these people already made the way for us. And it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for anybody. But I mean, being in this country and being so blessed and, and I'm really, really grateful, you know, having this, uh, you know, Elisa, you know, as a speaker and having you because you're educating us, you know, and the tip, it's, it's amazing because we have to continue this legacy and we have to prove them that we are good people and we are here to support and help each other. That is such a beautiful thing. I, I, that touches my heart and my spirit. You know, people of color, the Latino community, the African-American community, our Asian community, in many ways, it seems like we have to be better than. We have to be better than everybody else to get ahead. I mean, we have to be better than. Somehow we're judged um, harsher. And so I really appreciate that because uh, Elisa here is showing the way, not only as a person of color, as a Latina, but as a woman 
in sort of a man's world. I mean, you, you can't get more manly and more testosterone than the police department and the fire department, right? You can't get more. And so I really thank you for calling in. And I sure hope you call in again and just let us know what you're thinking. My pleasure always. You have a wonderful blessing day. Stay healthy. You too. Thank you so much. And God be with you. We have another caller. Lisa, this is going to break the record on calls. I'm not even going to get a chance to talk to you. Samantha, do you have a, a question there for us? Yeah, so I just had a question. Um, as you know, you're playing sports and you're practicing during the week. What? How do you find time to kind of balance everything with all that you have going on and playing sports? Right. So I have work. I have school. I'm working on my doctorate program at LSU online, and I have sports. I think when something's important to you, you find time for it. Um, I definitely make sure that I handle things like work and and school. And, and, and sports in a, in a way that uh, I have to block time out. So yeah. two hours here, I, I do a schedule like that. And if I'm just too burnt out and can't do it, well, then, you know, I take a break because uh, my mental health and, and is more important than anything. Very good. Very good observation. And, and I think a very wonderful question about how do you balance it? Because I did not know. Uh, Samantha, do you have any, uh, any follow-up there? Oh, no, that was, I just, she seemed to have, you know, scheduling sometimes is really hard. So I, I was interested to take, bit more information about you know at how to do it and blocking up usually is a good way to to kind of help schedule and keep things going samantha thank you very much for calling a tip from gilbert this is me i'm gilbert talk inspiration and prayer so going back um i did not know you're getting your phd on top of everything else so on top of you're just an interesting story right you went to tsu are you first generation college um yes okay first generation college went to tsu and then you um, were a police officer, fire chief. I'm going to call you chief, chief. And then uh, playing professional football, and you're getting your PhD. And what discipline on the PhD? Emergency management. Which means in the vein of fire safety? Right. Fire safety, or it could be police safety. It could be you know FEMA, anything with hurricanes and natural disasters that we see happening more and more every day. So you really like this public safety, this whole police, uh, fire. That's really the number one front line of helping people, I think. Serving people. Serving people. Definitely. How wonderful. Has that? Has there been other people in your family that have been, uh, you know, part of the blue and part of the fire department or anything? My, my mom was a, a secretary for school district for 20-something years, and my dad was a, a prison guard. Okay, so then you're kind of familiar with security in right, general. Right. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, let me ask you this. Let's talk about your mama. Yeah. So, if you don't mind. Okay. You're taking a deep breath, I know. <laughs> I just saw the deep breath. I'm taking a deep breath with you. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like, or maybe I can't imagine. I'm sure I can't. Uh, my mom is a cancer survivor. She had breast cancer. Are you with me? Oh, no, I know. You're at the front end of all this. Amen. I'm hugging you right now even more. I'm hugging you even more. Stay with me because this is an inspiration to everybody, which is, you know, how do you get through such a thing? And do you first just say, I mean, I can't help but to say, you think, God, why us? Why me? Why my mom? I mean, did you question your faith? Never. Never. That's no. unbelievable. No, I grew up with a lot of faith. My, my sister, when she was two years old, was diagnosed with leukemia. No she kidding. She had two chemo from the time she was two to ten. 
the doctor said she was going to die. Her last rights were given to her. Only by, and, and the doctors just kept saying that she, you know, she wasn't going to live. But my parents had so much faith. And so my fa I saw a miracle. She lived. She had a rare form of leukemia, was supposed to die, and she lived. The doctor said she'd never be able to talk again. Now I can't get her to, to be quiet sometimes. So she's still with us? She's still with us. Oh, she's my goodness. What's her name? Let's get, what's your sister's name? Christina Noriega Cortinas. Christina? Cortinas. Cortinas, Noriega Cortinas, I'm giving you a shout out because you are a miracle. You are, give, there we go. You are a miracle, a living miracle. And how wonderful. And you know what? When the Lord gives you a, I don't know, I don't want to say a second chance, but I guess it's a second chance at life. Please, I hope you have spread the word in the faith. How wonderful. She's a genuine person. She has a different take on life. And you're worried, people are worried about their shoes matching their purse. She could care less about that. She helps children. She's a counselor at, a, at the high school and middle school and elementary school in Angleton, Texas. And uh, she's just a wonderful person. Amen to her. So let's go back. So then you always had faith. Well, so I grew up with a brother with Down syndrome. You have a brother with Down well, syndrome? He passed well? away three years ago. He's mm. 52. His name is Juco. That was his nickname. I'm writing a, a book about him, 10 funny stories with a healing message at the end to help other families with uh, somebody with a disability, growing up with somebody with a disability, or, or we would say a disability. But I understand. We were very close. He was really funny, the light of my life. But seeing miracles uh, every day with him and having him in our lives was like having a Jesus in our life every day. It's like the finger of God has touched your family somehow with all these things. Right, different tests. Everybody goes through di different tests. You can curse the, the, the darkness when you're going through it, or you can light a candle through that darkness. And I chose to light a candle. Amen to you. Well, my mother was diagnosed with um, breast cancer, and she's a survivor. She had what's called a lumpectomy, which I don't quite know what that means. So they didn't, like, completely remove the breast, but I think they took out the pieces of cancer, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and she's now been a survivor for, you know, well over 15 years or so. Amen to that. I know. Thank That's you. Right. Thank you. And so, so I know what it's like, but you're at the front end. How's your mom doing then? How's she feeling? You know, it, there was six weeks when they, they said she, is, she had cancer. Then she had to go through all this testing. So they didn't know what kind of cancer. They thought it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So all the things that you would go through your head during this time in six weeks. So we finally have a diagnosis and we finally have a, a treatment plan. She's doing great. She's in great spirit. She's eating. Uh, She's uh, fighting with my dad already. You know? Oh, they, they, that's how you know that, the, that that she's coming back, right? When they're when they're just like, there they go again. Right, right. So they're both retired. They're you know at home, and uh, yeah, things are getting back to uh, normal. And she starts chemo when? Um, in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Well, I'm going to say a prayer for her, and we're going to say one together, me and you. Thank you so much. Uh, but be before we do that. Uh, so chemo, remind me, chemo is like, um, is it the stuff that gets injected into the veins? I don't think so. It's not the radiation. No, no, no. I think it's the, a pill form. Okay, it can be a pill form. Right. And that's where it goes in and essentially like kills all the, kills everything, I guess. Right. And it's trying to kill the cancer cells. Is yeah, that generally what it is? inside out, right. Because there's different little nodules that she has all over her yeah. body that they're going to... And was she then... Um, you know, have all those symptoms, you know? Every symptom that, that was on the list she had. Wow. Yeah. And so what? how long does treatment last? So eight um, cycles would be about eight months. Eight months? Right. 
so she's lost a lot of weight um and that was her first sign when my we're, we're hispanic you know so we're, we're eating all as soon yep. as i walk yep. in yeah we house, love to eat there my you go mom's on the phone and she's like oh mother my baby's here let me fix i gotta fix yeah. her something i gotta get some i gotta get some uh, some flour tortillas <laughs> right, going right, to put some melted it. butter on there <laughs> believe me i know i know <laughs> that's me um well you know what's your mama's name carmen carmen you know what my grandmother was carmen Oh, wow. Uh, and she was a concha. Uh, so, Carmen, if you're listening out there in Radio Land, we're going to say a quick prayer for you. So, Carmen, dear Lord, please take care of Carmen. Please help her go through this. Please give her the strength to go through this, as well as all the family, as they're there to support her through this all. We never can quite understand your will, Lord, but we have faith in your will. And so we love you and we uh, pray that you take care of this family into Carmen. And so in your name we pray. Amen. What a deal. So thank you so much. I want to just go back to the NFL. Yeah. What is the league called in the women's league? WNFC. That stands for Women's National Football Conference. There you go. <laughs> you had to you had to get you had to memorize that. You did well. So um, WNFC, and we want to see you guys play. So the the season is how many games? It opens on April the second, and it lasts through May the second. So I would say it's about it's eight a, games. It's about eight games. And are we going to have a I don't know a playoff or a Super Bowl or something? Yeah, the Super Bowls in uh, the Super Bowl for the women is in August. And where would that be? I think in Dallas. In Dallas? Yes. Rats, we wanted to bring here, but that's okay. So you're a cornerback and a uh, – are you in the secondary also? Safety and Safety. cornerback. Oh, yes. my goodness. Well, I tell you what, you've been a delight. And, you know, there's an old saying. Do you remember the show Carol Burnett? Maybe, you, maybe you're too young for Carol Burnett. When she'd pull her ear. The Carol Burnett – no, no, that's um, – Bewitched, right? Didn't no, bewitch no, pull no, your Car- like saying hi to her mom. It was a signal. Oh, was it? Was it oh, really? Yes. Golly, you're more you're more Carol Burnett savvy than I am. Carol Burnett, remember she had a show. It was a fantastic comedy thing, and uh, she would have a song at the end that said, "I'm so glad we had this time together to have a laugh and sing a song." And it keeps going. Just when it's time, to, it comes the time we have to say so long. Can you believe this? The episode's over. Wow. Thank you so much. Didn't for it just blink? Me. Yeah, it did. <laughs> now we're going to stay on Facebook a few minutes. And this is that song by, again, the great group Chicago, Color My World. And it's amazing because it's a beautiful song. Nobody wanted to sing it in the band. I don't know why. And again, it goes as time goes on, I realize just what you mean to me. And I think we all can reflect. And I think as we sort of get older in age, and I'm at that age now where my kids are now going to college. I have one that just signed up for LSU, and he's going to be leaving us this summer. And, you know, I don't know. There's such an incredible emptiness knowing he's going to be leaving me, uh, even though there's so much joy in my heart that he's going to be going to college. And I guess that's just part of the cycle of life that we all deal with as parents. And so I guess that means I'm getting closer to my calling and so this song has a great deal of meaning to me so let's hear it through as time goes by i realize just what you mean to me and now now that you're near promise your love that i've waited to share and dreams of our moments together color my hope color my world with hope of loving you so ladies and gentlemen please enjoy you're with me 
a tip from Gilbert. I am Gilbert Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're every Monday, of course, 1130 to 1145. You can call in. Thank you for all the callers today. There were so many. 832-570-8075. We're with Elisa Noriega, who I think you can obviously agree with me and say that her family's been uh, touched by the finger of God. And so, Elisa, I'm going to give you the last word. Um, I just want to say, if you're out there listening, that uh, you can do anything you put your mind to. If you put God first, I, I, I believe in faith. I believe that um, God is stronger than anything, and uh, the sky's the limit. Amen. Give me a high five. Please enjoy this song. Studio audience, thank you for that. Let's enjoy the last two minutes of this song. I think we concluded the song, and I think, are we still on the air there on the radio? We have one minute. So, Elisa, guess what? You have another last word after my last word. My last word is this. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for telling us about the football, the whole thing. We need to support women's sports. We need to support all the efforts that women do. Uh, thank you for telling us all about your background, being a chief, chief, being in the uh, police department, and also sharing us such a powerful story about your mom. So we appreciate you being on the air, and I hope you call in in the future. And then tell us again, anything else you want to say out there to your family, to your teammates, say something to your teammates out there. They may be listening, they're probably saying, there she goes, they're giving you a whoop, whoop, whoop. Thank you so much to my teammates out there. You've been, you mean a lot to me, and you've made a big impact on my life. And please come out to our, um, everybody else, please come out April the 2nd, Crenshaw Stadium, and, and support the Houston Heat. The Houston Heat. I like that word. That's a great, that's a great name. So we are now off radio. We're now on Facebook. So now we can talk to our people out in cyberspace. Uh, Elisa, let me ask you this. Is the show what you thought it was going to be? It was so awesome. Wasn't it fun? Yeah, it was amazing. Well, I, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. Yes, it's fun. It's, it's been great. Isn't it great? Yes. And you can get a lot out there. And I really appreciate this, the callers because the show only is as important and successful as people who call in to really ask questions about you, about me. Bodyo Dogs, I want to give you all a big shout out again. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Zenteno family that, that puts this whole thing, they, that they have done everything on the East End. And of course, Norma was the great singer and artist and songwriter that we all know. Their family are just musical geniuses, right? Uh, but Gloria, of course, has been very, very active. And her brothers, uh, uh, one of her brothers is, is a very successful musician as well. So I want to give them a shout out. If there's any events coming up and you want to tell us about it and start talking about it, just call in and tell us. But going back, so when you were a young girl, so you had your brother and there was you and then your sister. I have an, another sister. I'm the baby of the family. I have another. So it was my brother and my sister, Linda, my sister, Christina, and then I'm the baby. You're the baby. Yes. And so uh, were you all tomboys? 
No, well, I was the one that was the tomboy. The rest of them, they were, you know, into dolls. They were, they were girly girls. Yes, yes. So my dad was like, you know, I, I, I don't, I want to have somebody to come outside and work on the car with. So yeah. I'd be under him with the, holding the flashlight. I was this little helper. Was that right? Did <laughs> yeah. he like say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you hunting. You know, I'm gonna let's let's go get dirty. Let's go get, you know, let's go get into that engine. Remember when he was my softball coach, and my mom was a fisherman, so she showed me how to fish. Oh my goodness! Yes. So there she is with no. Bones about it, G- cutting open the fish and doing, doing all the stuff, and oh my gosh! And she didn't say like, "Oh, my hands are gonna start smelling like fish." No. She just cut it open and just did it. I came from a, a family on her side of fishermen. Had some relatives come in this weekend. We had a lot of laughs. It was exactly what we needed. God has perfect timing, you know. But before my mom goes through this treatment that she's gonna go through, ten cousins came in over the weekend. We oh, took a wonderful. boat out on Lake Conroe and just laughed and cut up and prayed and cried and did all that stuff there's nothing like family oh, right? right there's nothing Family's like family everything. family is everything well i so appreciate you being here and what about i want to just say it again we're here on facebook facebook we if you want to comment please comment was that slap heard around the world was it real or was it fake? I just want, I just, please, someone, someone tell me. My wife is all into it. My wife was just like watching it. She wants to know. She was going real slow to, you know, see, is that real? Is it, you know, did he really make contact? Was there sound effect? I mean, the whole bit. I did the same thing. Well, you know, I just think it took away from his uh, award, you know, yeah. this award that he worked so hard for, King Richard. Right. Um, it was a big deal, and the family was in the audience, and so now we're focused on is, is this slap, slap heard, heard around the world, the world yeah. instead of this Oscar yeah. that he won. Well, maybe in many ways it'll bring more attention to certain things, like there's a limit to jokes, right? right? Yes. And there just is a limit. And I don't know where the limit is, and I don't want to speak for limits and not limits, but I know one thing. Talking about a loved one who is an innocent, in other words, they're not the one getting the award. You can cut up on the person getting the award, but, you know, the spouses, the children, that just seems to, seems to be off limits. Right. Kind of like in politics. If you want to go after someone, well, you can, but you shouldn't go after their spouse or their kids or something like that. Because at the end of the day, certain things should be off limits and sacred because they're just sort of innocent bystanders. And when they talk about it, to talk about her health. Right. Now, that seems to me to be um, too much. The health. I grew up with a brother, you know, that had Down syndrome, and and I would take offense. And there was a couple of fights I think we've all got, and all my sisters did. Somebody talking about my brother. Yeah. Yeah, There you have it. Well, that's, I'm sure, how he took it. Right. Um, And if he didn't take it that way immediately, she sure did. Right. And that's the someone that's so special in his life, right? Right. So I don't know if it was um, real or made for TV for ratings. At the end of the day, I think it was real. And when I saw the picture of the wife, I think that was real hurt in her eye. And I don't blame her at all. And so, um, you know, it's very interesting how insensitive we can all be at times. And you know what? Just take a pause and think about some things before you say them. Right. Uh, even in comedy. So I'm going to give you the last word again here to our um, viewers on Facebook and everything else. I know I've given you the last word like five times. I'll take so, it. Uh, yeah, take it. Take it, lady. So tell me what you want to tell us here. So April the 2nd. Yep. Of- and now tell everybody in the audience. Okay, April 2nd, the Houston Heat is going to have their first opening game in Houston and Crenshaw Stadium, and I'd love for all of you to come out and check us out. 
Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Gilbert Garcia. A tip from Gilbert. You know where I'm at. 11 to 11.45 every Monday on Facebook, Spotify, everything else. And, of course, you can see us on Facebook. Um, Facebook, I mentioned that already, but you can see us or hear us on KWWJ, Keep Walking with Jesus, which of course is 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. Call us 832-570-8075 or write a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com and we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.